Triple M's The Real Football Show Catch-Up. Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota, SA's number one Toyota dealer. <laughs> Triple M's Real Football Show. Where Chris Dittmar, Albie Kidd, Marcos Flores and Val Migliaccio discuss the biggest issues affecting fans of the round ball. Terrific run and a super finish. The Triple M Real Football Show. Oh, it is Real Football. Val Migliaccio, the biggest newsbreaker in the game around the world. How are you, Val? Beautiful. Come really, on. really good. We've got, some, up. we've got some really good special guests coming up. I know, it's amazing. Hey, by the way, can I just go back to last week? James Kitching, what an interesting story. Uh, if you missed it, the fellow that does all of the international transfers over there in uh, Zurich, uh, back in Australia, living in Adelaide at the moment during COVID. But what an incredible story. And the amount of uh, reaction and hits we got from all over the world. Yeah, that, no, it's unbelievable. And the, and the information that James gave out, yeah. um, I'm a little surprised that the clubs haven't jumped onto it mm. like all that much because a lot of the clubs in South Australia, Australia, probably owed some good money for the transfers overseas and yep. they're not chasing it up. Well, he oversaw five billion US dollars of transfers last year, so it's, not, it's not insignificant. It really isn't. Now, today, I'm very excited about today's show because we've got a socceroo coming on, a man who's been on a real journey. He's left Saudi Arabia just this week to come back to play in the A-League. He'll join us later on. Craig Goodwin, remember yep. last week we spoke to Bruce Jitte signing two players. Uh, Craig Goodwin obviously is one, and yep. he's on loan for the rest of the season. And right now, Josh Cavallo, translated mm. to horse in Italian. Right. He's uh, training with Adelaide United. He's from Western United. Okay. So right. how about that? So I think he's going to be the next Some night. big A-League news. And we'll talk to Alan Stadich as well later on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Stadich... Two years ago, uh, who would have thought? I mean, he got dumped from the Matildas in, I thought, disgraceful circumstances, the way yep. they handled yep. that. And he's bounced back. And look at the Central Coast Mariners now, top of the A-League table, five wins, yeah. uh, seven games they played in New South Wales. They face Adelaide United the week after uh, this one. But it's an incredible story because he seems to have united the Mariners who've been at the bottom of the table for years and years and yep, years, and yep. let's hope they keep going well. Yep. All right, but time to introduce our very, very special guest on the panel this week. It's amazing. She's a Chilean international, a goal-scoring machine playing here in Australia. Welcome, Maria Jose Rojas. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you for now, having me here. Everyone calls you Cote? Yes, Cote. And what? please explain. What's that from? What does it mean? It's just a nickname, yeah. really. Um Maria Jose is too long, I guess. <laughs> so people, yes, just call me uh, Cote in, in Chile, back at home. Does it mean anything? It doesn't mean no? anything. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll Is move that, on then. That's normal for every Maria Jose to be yeah, called Cote, isn't exactly. it? Is yeah, it? I'm trying to work else. out why. Why does it go to Cote from Maria Jose? It's, I think I'm going to find that. I, I'm going to find out a little bit more because okay. uh, people ask me so many times. So, yeah, we it would be great it. to know, actually. Yeah. Tell us about your journey to Australia. You've ended up in Adelaide playing for Adelaide United. How did that all come yes, about? Yes, yeah, amazing. Very happy, um, actually, to finally be signing with uh, Adelaide United. And actually, I was just telling Belle, this week is going to be six years since I arrived in Australia. So, really? Yeah, February the 14th. So are you here forever or what, what's well, the Well, now I'm a permanent resident. Are so, you? Yes. I think so it's, uh, can you play for us or are you playing for Chile? No, for Chile. <laughs> 
Yeah. And she's a great player for Chile as well. <laughs> a superstar that yeah. didn't play enough at the World Cup in 2019, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Maybe next one. Tell me, 2023. Uh, we know how massive the game is in South America. When you play for Adelaide United, is there a, a lot of attention in Chile for these games? Yes, you? yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, people love football, especially if they can watch it. Yeah. So they always look in link online or yeah. YouTube. So for them, my family and I know friends and I know um, the media, social media is yeah. always asking me. It's always um, when it's a game, yeah. where can we watch it? So I think it's, it's going big because... Um, right. You know, these days people are quarantined sometimes. In Chile, we have still uh, big um, um, restrictions yep. with uh, COVID. So okay. sometimes you got to be, you got to stay at home. So yeah, plenty of time to watch games. But women's football is the biggest growth sport, I think, among <clears throat> women. And in, in my stupid opinion, perhaps, I don't think we've done enough in this country to actually see it grow even more. I know the the W League's kicked off. Adelaide United is probably is having their best season yet, and and no thanks to you or thanks to you, um, <laughs> who, who's doing really well. But with the World Cup two two years and and maybe three months away, I still think we've got heaps of work to do to bring women's football right up to where it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's getting there though. Like I, I again, I left. Two years ago, I went to play overseas mm. and to find more opportunities and to get ready for the World Cup. And um, coming back here, I see a completely different um, uh, clubs, uh, yeah. more professionalism. Uh, players are dealing to play football only and maybe not doing work, uh, university. Sure. And because, you know, I mean, I understand everyone needs money and mm. we need to do something else to make a live, to make money to leave, you know, uh, yeah. but it, it, I see the federation, you know, putting there for last year. We had a great, great um, season and WNPO in Europe in South America. Everyone was able to watch that. Mm. And yeah, you expose players out there and they can have, you know, opportunity overseas. So what I think it, it's getting, it's getting there. What actually annoys me a lot is that the W League season, it's three months maybe max and, and by the time you finish yeah, training maybe four months it's not enough and then you can go play WNPL for a local club which is probably good and, and last year you were at Salisbury Inter but I think it's now time that the W League teams need to be together all year round to get the benefits yeah. don't, don't you, do you agree with Look, that? Look I I would love to see W League going the whole year hmm. or at least you know six months um because uh, in my case, it's my job, and I know for many other players, it's also their job. Mm. So we need that platform to show our talent, to help team, and to be able to work, to do what we do, right? I think three months is not long enough, and, and, and you get more pressure. Class get more pressure because you need to perform. Mm. So I think and I wish, and I think it's going to happen, though, in the future. They're looking to find the way um, for W League to go for more than six months. And I think not just that, but it will bring international players because I hear a lot that they don't want to come because it's only three seasons. Yeah, exactly. You know, they don't want to get paid three months. Well, only. Val, to both of you, how important is it that uh, the two go parallel, the men and the women? How important is it that the, every week the game should be a double header? Is that going to help or not? For me, that that's imperative. Every every A League club should mm. have a, a ladies' arm next to it, and it's not happening because. Cote, what it, do you what do you think about that? Look, uh, as a player, I would love to have yeah. that. You know, um, the opportunity not just to play 
uh, home, but also before a men's game when you attract more yep. more people. Yep. But um, look, uh, uh, we would love to. Again, I think uh, it's everyone, uh, women's, um, um, we're working, mm. I guess, to, to get there, to finally, you know, yep. have that opportunity. And I think some teams do it once, sometime, one game, two games. Yeah, well, um, I, like High Marsh can't have double headers at the moment because there's only two change rooms, which is uh, something the government's going to fix yes. up for the okay. 2023 yeah, World right. Cup uh, along with capacity. Okay. But it's, for me, I, I go to W League matches and, and, and the A League matches. I don't go to all the W League matches, unfortunately, at the moment. But I That's see two different sets of fans. I don't see the connect. I see like a lot of different people at W League as to compared to the A League. So you do the double headers, and I think it all it can all come together. Yet the club feel. Hmm. So it's another. Well, I'd, I'd take it a step further. I know you've got to be careful with pitches, but I'd play the youth team, the W League, and then the the A League. I'm with you, mate. And obviously, we need a, a girls youth team as well. But why not make a club day of it? And fill the stands earlier in the afternoon. The crowds drifting in as the games are being played. I think it'd be fantastic and make every club stronger as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And and it unites all, all the fans as well. Yep. So you yep. know, from the kids right up to the the women and the men. But last week, obviously, uh, there was a penalty decision that went against you. It should have been a penalty. You drew two two Western Sydney away. But the funny thing that happened in the broadcast was, so this game was streamed on Fox, and for about. I don't know. Did you watch the replay? Yes, I For did. about a minute, it panned to this guy, looked like he was in his bedroom with a trumpet in the background, mm. and that was the focus for a minute. So something happened in the broadcast, and it's gone viral globally. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, well, what did you think of that? I think, they, I think they're having uh, issues. Right. The, yeah, it's, it's funny. I mean, what can you do? And they're trying to do their best, and that mm. happened. Well, Cote, um, please stay with us. It's great to have you here. We've got plenty to talk about uh, in the real world of football. Let's continue to chat A-League, and uh, this is a man who's leading a great team at the moment. They're playing very good football, Val. They are, and uh, it's maybe a surprise to many, but not this coach who's been brilliant throughout his career in men and women, Alan Stadjic. Stadge, welcome to the Triple M podcast, and congratulations on your season so far, but you know there's a long way to go, yeah? Yeah, of course. Thanks, Val, and hi, everyone there. How are you going? Good. So you've got the day off today. Yep. So you've had five wins out of seven. You haven't moved out of New South Wales. So how have you turned the Mariners around in such a short space of time? Oh, look, uh, look, we're not getting carried away with anything at the moment. We know, we know we've had a good start. We know that we're tracking well, and, and belief and confidence has, has grown definitely within the group. But um, look, as I said in the press conference last week, we've just worked hard in pre-season. And I know everyone says that, but but we really did and put in a lot of good things in place, including our leadership group and the way that the boys are carrying themselves on and off the pitch is excellent. And I guess we're getting a few rewards for that early. But as you said, yeah, our feet are firmly planted on the ground. We know there's a long way to go. So, I mean, what's the biggest thing that you've seen in, in the squad? This season, because I mean, there was games last season. You go down a goal, and you've been, you know, a, a few games this season. You, you've been down a goal, and you haven't been able to bounce back. But this season, you have. What's what's turned it? Is it a mental thing? Is it physical? Oh, look, it's obviously a combination of all those things. I, I think there's a good level of fitness within the squad. I think that that obviously lays a good platform for any team. Um, on top of that, I think there's better leadership within the group. Um, I think Oli Bazanich, Matt Simon, uh, Berigetti, and even 
even Kai Rolls uh, running our leadership group and the work they're doing behind the scenes has been amazing uh, for the group. And I think when you add up all the little ingredients like that and then, you know, you win a couple of games and a little bit of belief and confidence grows, then, then all those things go into the pot and produce what we're producing at the moment. But always keep going back, Val. I just I know there's a long way to go. We've, we've had an excellent start. We're, our job is to keep improving and, and making sure that we keep working hard on the track. Um, can I ask you an overall football question? A lot of our teams in the code of soccer or football in Australia face challenges because AFL is a big sport, NRL is a huge sport. How, how much support do you enjoy there on the Central Coast? Are the people getting right behind you, especially with the success that you're having? Yeah, look, the beauty of, of the Central Coast is we're the only major code on the Central Coast. Um, it's probably too small an area for NRL or AFL to come into, so we've got a little bit of a monopoly there. And, and I guess when you look back at the history of, of soccer around the world, that, that it's really the regional towns where football became entrenched. It wasn't really the capital cities. And, and I think that we can follow that route. Um, you know, we really can follow that roadmap of making sure that we're really a community club and we embrace all sectors of our community and and we're one that, that the whole community can touch, you know, and can really come and support. And look, it's been a tough a tough road for the last five or six years, you know, being on the bottom or virtually on the bottom every year. So yeah. just to give the fans a bit of hope and belief is also extremely important for us. And Stadge, I've noticed key improvements in your squad as well. Ruan Tongwick, uh, Tongnik, rather. I, I thought, you know, he had a lot of potential. Obviously, he came out of the Adelaide United youth system, uh, didn't get match game time went to the Eastern Seaboard. Now, he's he's really come good, in my opinion. Alu Kual, a, a kid that you picked up from uh, country Victoria. Um, Birigidi, I think he's back to his best and perhaps even pushing, you know, for national team selection. Is that the sort of improvements you've seen as well? Yeah, look, I think you could throw Danny into that category. Yeah. I think you could throw Matt Simon into that category as well. I think they're playing the best they've played possibly in their careers and, and certainly in the last few years. So when you have people stepping up, it's it's just contagious and, and everyone's thriving off each other and such a good collective group at the moment. Um, you know, there's a really unified purpose within them and they're bringing the best out of each other and, and that's extremely important. But look, I agree with you. I think all of those players are in almost career best form and, and the consistency is really what separates, you know, the, their actual potential versus a reality. And I think we're just starting to see a little bit of their reality come to life. Just with uh, your record as a coach, and I want to... Maybe not make a comparison, men and women. Obviously, with the Matildas, Asian Cup finalists twice, uh, quarter finalists in the World Cup. Uh, you brought the Matildas up to a ranking of fourth, the highest ever, 2017. And with Sydney FC, you've won Premiers twice, the Champions twice. Now, what's the key difference coaching men and women? And I know that. Um, the women's W League season is shorter, and perhaps you haven't had, you know, the 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 time needed with the women. But for men, what's the key difference? Look, I don't, I don't think there's uh, too many key differences in terms of what elite athletes want. Um, I don't care what sport, I don't care what code, what gender. Uh, most athletes are pretty much the same. They're all competitive. They're all um, driven for success. They all want excellence and, and, you know, they've all got different personalities and characteristics, but ultimately they all want the same thing. Um, so from that perspective, I think it's 98, 99% the same. The thing that's different is I think every team's different. I think my Sydney FC team in 2008 and my Sydney FC team in 2012 was significantly different. And then the Matildas I had in 
2014 was significantly different to the 2018, and then the Mariners last year are different to this year. So, mm. look, every team is unique. So thinking that one thing that worked back in 2008 is going to work this year is, is for me, just a falsehood. And thinking what worked this year with men and is going to work next year with women or with men or with the same team, I think you've just got to keep continuing to grow and evolve and, and mainly adapt to each circumstance rather than thinking of gender or, yeah. or club or age or anything. I think the... the I think the success of a coach, and you know, I look at someone like Craig Bellamy at Melbourne Storm, who's probably number one or two in the whole history of Australian sport. You know, the fact that he has been able to rotate through so many players o over a lifespan, but everyone who goes to the Melbourne Storm plays at their peak. So there's something magical about the way he produces that environment. And you know, I'm always looking to learn from from other coaches and see what they've done to reproduce that kind of consistency throughout their teams. Hi, Alan. It's Cotter here. How are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, good, good. I was just listening to what you were saying and, and, and you know, it's so true. Um, I think every team is different and, and, and it's about, you know, bringing players together. It's about leadership. It's about communication. It's, it's about to keep the team positive. So, yeah, I think I'm agree, you know, um, in men's football, women's football. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's football at the end of the day, but um, it's also, it's very important, you know, uh, I guess the coach and players to just... Um, take that role of leadership uh, and mindset? Oh, look, leadership is, is number one for me. Uh, mm, Behaviour is attitude and leadership is, is the glue in the team. And when things are, when you're winning, uh, I think, you know, obviously leadership is important, but when things are tough or you're working hard, leadership is really the glue that brings the team back together and, and lays that foundation for future success. Uh, exactly. look, I, can't, look, I, I think it's the number one thing within a team, without question. Stage, what I admire really about you is I remember meeting you at Vietnam before the Asian Cup with the Matildas, 2014. You, you got the job as an interim. You won the you, you won the role full-time. Is that you have bounced back so damn good after, you know, a little more than two years ago, that rubbish that happened with the Matildas, which I thought was one of the most shocking sort of incidents in, in Australian football. And now look at you now. I mean, it must have taken your toll initially, but you're in a good space now, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, look, obviously it took it took its toll and, and I guess anyone who's been successful in sport um, has had to have that resilience. Like, it's not the people who show talent or potential or ability, it's the people who know how to bounce back and, you know, I think that's especially true for players. Um, you know, we see so many kids with talent, we see so many kids with potential at, at young ages and, and it's such a roller coaster ride sport. Uh, you're going to have your highs, you're going to have injuries, people who like you, don't like you, uh, mm. getting dropped, not playing in your favourite position, you know, chairman who like you or don't like you. So, you know, it's usually the people who bounce back and, and for me, you know, someone like Ange has been a real inspiration as well. You know, I've tracked his career closely and, you know, from being Joey's coach to South Melbourne to the highs and lows of, you know, when he first started in the A-League, the difficulties in his first season at Brisbane and then producing almost revolutionary football. So, yeah. you know, you just got to be able to bounce back. Um, and, and it's never going to be a smooth ride for any one player, coach or, or fan. So the ones who succeed are the ones who find the ways to bounce back. Well, you've definitely done that, Alan. Mate, thanks so much for joining us. And I think everyone's enjoying seeing Central Coast at the top of the ladder. So keep up the good work, mate, and uh, good luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> on Good stage. on you. Pleasure. Alan Stagic, Thanks, the coach guys. of Central Coast Mariners. About to join us on the Real Football Show, uh, Val, is a man who's been, well, he's been just about everywhere, and what a player and what a signing this week for Adelaide United.
And we're lucky enough to have him. Uh, Craig Goodwin, um, in quarantine in Sydney for, what, day 60-something in the past year? <laughs> what is it now, Craig? Um, well, in this quarantine, it's, uh, it's day six today. Um, and it's been about about two months now in terms of quarantine <laughs> across the, the year. So how, how are you holding up, obviously, uh, mentally? And it must be really, really hard knowing that, you know, there's life happening outside and you're stuck in a hotel room. Yeah, look, to, to be honest, um, this time around is much easier. I think the setup that the government has is, is better. And, and, you know, at, at the ho- we're, we were lucky enough to get the Sheraton, um, Sheraton Grand on Hyde Park. So we had the option of being able to upgrade the room as well, which has made it much easier. Mm. And then United have been able to um, set me up with the treadmill in the room as well. So I've been able to be keeping fit. Well, welcome home. And this is the third time back with Adelaide United. How did this come about? I sort of know, but I want you to tell us in your words. Yeah. So um, I spoke similar um, with uh, the Adelaide United interview as well. I'll cut it a bit short, but basically um, after last season with Weheda, um, I had a really good year in my first year. It was the first time the club made Asian Champions League. I had 10 assists, four goals, and was regarded as, as one of the players of the season. Um, and then they decided, as they do in, in that part of the world, um, they decided to sack coaches um, mm-hmm. at the drop of a hat. Um, and they brought in a Portuguese coach. And he decided that he wanted to bring in his own Portuguese uh, winger and Portuguese centre back. So one of the one of the centre backs um, from last year, Renato Chavez, he was gone, and then me as well. Um, but uh, the director said that he didn't want um, me to be to be gone completely from the club. He, he said that I'm too valuable, and that because they've they've obviously signed a new coach, they want to back him. Um, and he decided to to re-sign me for another year. Um, so for next season with Weheda and then to send me out on loan. Um, but uh, so from there, I went to Abha Club. Um, and then, yeah, from, from from there, it was, to be honest, it was a little bit difficult, the, the time at Abha. In terms of playing, it was fine. You know, I was playing every game. I was playing 80-plus mm-hmm. minutes each game. We were six, we were currently six on the ladder, um, three points off of fourth and third. So yeah. we're in a very good position. Um, but just personally, um, it was, I guess, the away from the field and, and stuff like that. To be honest, me and, and my partner, Caitlin, were, were struggling a bit. And yeah. we spoke with Abha um, about leaving. Um, and at first they said, no, no, we, we definitely don't want to lose you. Um, but then I had to obviously speak with them a bit more. And, and they were good about it and came to we came to an agreement of, of being able to leave and and obviously have the contract with uh, Weheda for next season, um, but for the next, obviously, few months, um, we need to be playing and, and stuff like that. So it was, it was good enough and obviously very appreciative of Adelaide to offer me the, the opportunity to come back here. And, and that's really how it came about. Um, and, and yeah, now I'm just excited to, to get back into it with United and, and do the best I can and hopefully help bring some more success. Yeah, excellent. Hi, uh, hi Craig. It's Kota here. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are that's you? That's good, that's good. Welcome back. Um, nothing like like to be home, really. And, and I know how that feels because, you know, I'm always traveling. So I know how hard it's also to be overseas. Uh, yeah, for me, you know, my question is, uh, what was the, 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 the most difficult part that you, you, you faced being in Saudi Arabia? Um, well, it's quite, 
it's quite different, really. The the two cities um, that that we were in, uh, Jeddah, is probably the most uh, the most advanced and, and westernized city, along with Riyadh in Saudi Arabia. Mm. Um, but even being there, it's still quite challenging in terms of the different culture, um, the way things work, and like without going into to too much detail because I could talk all day. There's so many <laughs> small things that yeah. are just completely different that catch you off guard or very different the the way things work and so um and football you know, too general, i can imagine or football is yeah. like way different too yeah to absolutely that, to that coaches and um, but in terms of abha it's it's a much much smaller place a much more like a country saudi town mm. um there's not much to do there and, and i guess that's probably the best way i could describe it is it's almost like you're in isolation 24/7 in our past so it's quite it's quite difficult and then for for me and and for my partner Caitlin as well the the english side there's there's very minimal um english there's no friends um like we have in Jeddah where we have a compound full of expats that are from different parts of the world that you can make friends with so like that side was was very difficult um But yeah, like like I said, the club was very good about it, and it wasn't really anything to do with football wise uh, in terms of like not playing or not doing well or anything like that. You know, I've I've been there a year, year and a half, and uh, and been able to do very well in in the That's league and, and contribute a lot. Craig, uh, tell me, I've been lucky enough to go to Saudi Arabia uh, several times. I would I would have thought that you as a professional footballer, though, I understand what you're saying about the off-field stuff, but they they would treat people very very well, I presume. Yeah, they do, and and to be fair, the club, you know, do do everything they can to help. But, um, you know, I, I guess uh, the public wise as well in in uh, in Jeddah, um, like I said before, it's much more, it's a much more open city as well in Jeddah compared yep. to to Abha. It's much more reserved, um, and yeah, they they were fantastic. You know, there'd be times um, that I've been out. In in public and and people have stopped uh, me and Caitlin and said, oh, it's amazing to have you here. And if there's anything we can do to help, please let us know. You know all all sorts of things. So that you know the people are very lovely and very welcoming. I struggled to find a pub there. I didn't find too many. I didn't find too many pubs on street corners. That was the only thing I found. <laughs> yeah, you'd be you'd be stretched to find a pub in that country. Wow. Just Craig. So you're back. When you're expecting to actually front play your first A League match? Um, well, like I said before, I've been playing every game um, mm. in in the Saudi League. So there's been 16 games, and I've played all of that. Um, by the time I get out of quarantine, it'll be three weeks since I haven't played. But because I've got the the treadmill and the program, um, I'll be able to keep relatively fit. Um, and then I guess it see see how I feel when when I get out and, and get in with the team. So I hope it's it's very soon after. Yeah. Um, You know, maybe some other people that have come have been in a bit worse condition in in terms of just arriving or not having a club or something like that. But yeah. For me, I've I've been been fit for for a while, so I shouldn't it shouldn't take me too long to be yeah. into games. And you should slot in quite easily. And, and in my opinion, I think Adelaide United at the moment is really lacking um, good leaders. And I suppose the coaching staff has talked to you about leadership. Um, yeah. So it's it's been discussed a bit. Um, But you know, I, I think for for me coming in is to try and help the team as as much as I can. I know there's a lot of young players, um, and to be honest, from what I've seen, I watch a lot of the games. Um, it looks like there's some really good young talent there, probably mm. as as good as there's been um, coming through. So, you know, if I can come in and, and help those younger players, but then at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm only 29, so I need to be 
um, contributing to the team as much as possible yeah. and helping us get results. Um, and then, of course, trying to help the, the mentality of the younger players to to really, I guess, try and, try and get that mentality of, of being uh, ruthless and, and being winners. Craig, thanks for joining us, mate. It's great to have you back in Australia. We look forward to seeing you in the A-League real, real soon. Good on you, mate. Thanks very much, guys. There he is, Craig Goodwin, and uh, what a handy pickup Good for, for Adelaide United and also for the comp. It's, we need these sorts of players playing in the A-League. Yeah, 100%. And uh, Adelaide have been struggling. Uh, they, they went down you know, last weekend against Perth Glory. I thought, again, the 2-1 flattered Adelaide. And in my uh, opinion, they're lacking serious leadership, I think, on the pitch. And, and the players, I mean, they, they lost Jakobsen now to soft tissue injury. Harvey Torres, soft tissue injury. Ryan Strang, soft. Is that mm. telling me a story? Mm, is that something that about the training needs to be investigated? Yep. Okay. How, because players with that experience, you lose them to those sort mm. of injuries. It's going to really ruin your season, Kote. Yeah. No. No. Of course, you get injured, and you, you, you know you have to get back not just to the game, but also fitness first, yep. and then you got to be able to gain some minutes back. And be able to play ninety minutes. So that's the hardest part when you get injured. So it's it's always hard. And I and I see lots of players um, struggling. Even myself, if I have to, you know, go through that. But uh, the main thing I hear is is to keep yourself positive um, as a player. I, I I keep my mind and mindset to that positive environment. Yep, for sure. All right, plenty of hot topics to talk about uh, around the world of football. Val, where would you like to start? Yeah, just. Adelaide United season um, at the moment, I see it turning two ways after Friday night. They're playing MacArthur FC at Campbelltown yep. um, Friday night. I think if they go down, I think it could be season-defining um, because now I've, I've seen good signs early, but I've also seen signs that are concerning. And um, the way that Perth Glory last weekend actually – had the ball and sliced through the lines and had created that many chances in the game prior to that where they lost 5-3 against Perth Glory, the, the loss against Brisbane. They've got so many young players and this is where it's really, really dangerous, I think, for Adelaide United because young players, as you know, Kote, um, they play on confidence and sometimes they'll start doubting themselves. An experienced player like yourself, you have a bad game, you get over it and move forward. So what do they need to do now? I think that's the hardest. Um, I was just talking to one of my teammates um, the other day about that because, uh, of course, she's younger and, and yeah, it's, it's it's difficult. I was in that position, you know, a couple of years ago too and and you doubt, but not just that, you lose confidence and you it's really hard to move on. And and I think for myself and my experience have told me is to just be able, okay, rewatch the game, what did I do um, wrong and try to move on as quick as I can. So training, it's really important. Training that week is to do your best and then gain confidence from that week and be ready for that game. But the signing of Craig Goodwin, and you mentioned one other good player coming as well. If we go back a week or two, Bruce Yitte said they lack something in the midfield. Yeah. So does this rectify the problem? Well, Cavallo, from what I've seen of him at Western United, he, apart, apart from being a very technically and talented Young player, he's not getting any game time at Western. That's why uh, they're releasing yep, him. Yep, he's got that bit of mongrel. Mm -hmm. He's he's like a, a player that um, I think extends. He goes, he plays right on the edge, which 
is probably very common in South America, mm. you know, where players play on the edge, where Australian players maybe a little more polite, a little bit softer, but when they come to tackle, they're not. They're a little bit harder. So he could add some, some, some good um, midfield strength and depth to that. But Craig on the left-hand side, I think that's a huge bonus. And, and also for young Noah Smith as a left-back, mm-hmm. he needs good support. I think Craig, Craig being there would be great for him. Mm. All right, what else is happening in the world of football, Val? Well, uh, we talked about, or well, last week, James Kitchen was here from FIFA. The, the World Cup in 2022, Qatar, it's yep. not that far away now, yep. so you know, a year and 10 months. The biggest thing which is probably going to affect that tournament is not actually Qatar being ready because they're ready to host it. Yep. When is COVID going to allow us to have the qualifiers? Well, and things if- will have to be changed. Things like Olympic Games altered their scheduling. I mean, you know, world sports like this are going to have to be flexible or these events won't go forward, surely. Yeah, but I think it's more about the weather down there. Um, the, the decision about like moving the World Cup it was because mm. it was really hot during June and July. Now they have to reschedule all those matches, but mostly I think for every single continent is to be able to uh, let players um, not clash with other date. So that's what they, I think they're trying to also work out in, in, in COVID again, and they have to be able to mm. um, play those matches to qualify. Well, it's a bit of a scheduling nightmare because you're right, because then club matches come into it, yep. uh, all sorts of yeah, scheduling well, that, comes into it. That's the main concern. If they yeah. can't finish the qualifiers, yeah. I think, by June next year, there's going to yep. be no World Cup or it's going to yep. have to be rescheduled. We're also, you know, we've seen the Olympic Games and you're supposed to play a qualifier this month. Yes, yeah, it's been Chile. suspended. Yeah. Against? Um, Cameroon. So what what happened there? The thing is, uh, France, for example, they closed the borders um, mm. in a really really difficult situation. So so is my country. But at the moment, it, you know, it's in April. In April, and who knows what's going to happen? Mm. And just Melbourne victory. They went down again last night. Mm. They, they lost uh, your namesake, uh, Marco Royas, with a shocking <laughs> facial in- yeah, injury. Terrible. But the A League needs. A good Melbourne victory, a rubbish Melbourne victory, I think, puts the bad total the audience of the A-League mm. in, in, in really yeah. bad jeopardy. It puts yeah. it in jeopardy. Mm. So I'm wondering what's going on there. The Muskets now without a job, mm. being sacked at St. Truden in Belgium. Grant Brebner, um, can we blame him? I don't know who recruited these players. There's some players that victory have got at the moment, imports. They're not so good. You know, they're, they're, they're not so good at the moment. So big questions. And like I said, Melbourne victory, if they do bad, I think the whole A-League suffers. All right, let's talk EPL. Now Will Kai Gundogan now looking to score for Manchester City. I'm missing. And Manchester City's penalty problems against Liverpool just seem to go from bad to worse. And now Sterling has caused Liverpool problems in the first half. Looking to do it again. Phil Foden, brilliant save. But in by Gundogan. Big games need big moments from big players. Salah's provided so many, and he provides another now for Liverpool. Guarantee you won't be messing about with this one, although his clearance isn't good again. And he goes straight to Foden, who's ridden the challenges and goes towards the near post. And Manchester City score again. Alisson, who had nowhere to go. And it could be curtains for Liverpool, it's Sterling. Jesus, this is Phil Foden. Foden Stroll, what a goal that is, and that caps it. That's absolutely magnificent. 
There you go. The uh, highlights from the weekend of EPL and Val, uh, your favourite side, Liverpool, got belted. And how good is Alisson as well for <laughs> the goalkeeper? Two assists. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> well, but it is a worry. And uh, I mean, before we go on to it, we've got to, I think, condolences to the coach of Liverpool, by the way, Jurgen Klopp, who uh, I think he lost his mother overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, she passed away. But they're suffering badly. Um mm. You know, in, in the games, I don't know if, if they're good enough to pick themselves up. Got to. When, when Liverpool lose, Val comes in here skipping and whistling. He loves it. Oh, really? Yeah, he's got okay. a jump. Yeah, he's, got a, he's got a spring in his step, you know? <laughs> Terrible. Um, but looking at the top, the two Manchester sides, obviously at the top, but Leicester, uh, Leicester City still doing well. I think it's fantastic when I see a club like that up there. For me, Leicester City winning that championship in 2016 was yep. the best thing to happen in the agree. English Premier League yep. ever. And if we look at the uh, the other end of the table, you would say we've already found our three sides to be relegated, unfortunately. The gap is widening, isn't it? Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield United, which breaks my heart. I follow West Brom, Cote. Do you? Breaks my heart. But, ah. but you would say that's already decided, isn't it? But you can see that this is something which is affecting, I think, most of the big leagues of the world. So the, the, the money teams, Manchester City, Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea, uh, Tottenham, perhaps you know, you go to Italy, mm. Juve, Inter, AC Milan, Real Madrid, Atletico, Barcelona. They're always at the top. Bayern Munich in Germany, uh, Borussia. Then you get the other teams who struggle and they bounce between Serie A or first division and second division. I don't think we're ever going to overcome that. I don't know how it happens in Chile as well. Well, the same thing. Um, but a couple of big teams with big money, they, the clubs are struggling because what's happening also at the moment. So, yeah, you know, like it's money, but it's, yeah, I think that the other teams who are on the bottom of the table, they're trying to catch up, but it's, it's really hard. I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, Dits and Cote, last week I got a contact, um, I'm not going to say from which country, asking uh, if anyone here would take, take on Diego Costa. Mm-hmm. You know, Diego Costa from Atletico Madrid. Yeah, yeah. Who in their right mind would... Who's got the money to bring yeah. him here? Well, the, yeah, spot on. So there's no discussion. <laughs> no. It, the door's shut very, very quickly. He, so, could, he could buy a whole league himself. The actual wage he's commanding, I think, is the entire salary cap. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. About, so, so that won't happen. There's been talk about... Him heading to China. But, I mean, what a great player he'd be to, to lift the A-League. Yeah. He's way, way out of the, the price range. All right, let's look at the big games coming up this weekend. As far as the EPL is concerned, Leicester-Liverpool all of a sudden becomes a massive game, doesn't it? It does. And uh, it, it should be a good game as well because Leicester, um, they're what? Uh, three points above Liverpool. And, yep. and this could... You know, apart from the title, I think the title's not over yet because Man City are obviously leading by five points mm. under Manchester United. Champions League spot's up for grabs, and that's, that's right. where the money is as yep. well, and that's where the exposure is. So, a massive game. And that brings Spurs into it because Spurs are out of that European sort of slot at the moment. They take on Man City, the top side, but Spurs would want to win. Man City want to keep winning. Um, and the match of the round, West Brom taking on Man United. Um, Cote, have you, got a, have you got a team in England? Uh, my team used to be Arsenal. What do you mean used to be? When Alexis Sanchez was there. Right. Alexis, he's from Chile. But so you've jumped off. Yeah, he moved on to Manchester after United, yeah. not too good. And then he moved to Inter right. in Italy. So, so I follow Inter now. Right. So you follow Inter. Okay, you're a swinger. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, look, it's just, so you know, speak. I like to watch my... my, uh, my How about matches. Arsenal, Matty Ryan, the soccer room, making yes. his debut as yeah, well? Yeah, that was great news, wasn't it? Great yeah, to see him play. shocking goal to concede. It wasn't mm. his fault. Actually, he got man of the match. Did he? Um, well, that's yeah, good. Man of the match, which is great. And yeah. it's great for the soccer room. It's great for Graham Arnold as well. Yeah. yeah. All right, that's just about it for the real football show. Just a question out of interest. Who would be Chile's biggest... Sporting person, most famous, and, and not just now, but over women's or anything, men's? anything. I be? think in men's um, will be Samorano from Ivan Samorano, yeah. Marcelo Sadas, big yeah. names, and then. Um, Do we go back to Rios? Marcelo too, Rios. Is that going back too far? Tennis. Was he the biggest name for a while? Or Marcelo not? Rios. Yeah, yeah, he plays tennis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, yeah. Top one. Oh, he was number one in the world. Yes, number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah. right, right now, today, who's Chile? Right now, yeah. today is oh Arturo Vidal, mm. uh, Cristian Endler. Mm. She's our goalkeeper. Yep. Playing for PSG. Yeah. So I think in Holland. Yeah. In okay. France. Yeah. So Ooh. she would be massive news in Chile. Yeah, yeah. she will. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. She will in women. So. You reckon Vidal's going to change that haircut? <laughs> No. <laughs> He's had it like for 15 years. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the no. Gladiator helmet. And people How old love is he it. Now? Like 50? Come on, man. He's <laughs> 34. <laughs> Mature, up a bit. Yeah. 34, but um, yeah. good luck. Uh, tell us about just before you leave us, the Reds, who are you playing next? Yes, we are playing on Sunday. Yeah. At uh, 5 35, is it? Um, so I invite everyone come and support Adelaide United because uh, we. Just we are doing great. We are enjoying it, and we will show good, um, good uh, football out there. Okay. So yeah, very excited. We play against Canberra. Yep. So okay. hopefully to win those three points and jump up to second place. Beautiful. And just from you, if we could get maybe two goals this week, I hope think? so. Yeah, okay. if we get more, more people, I score more goals. So <laughs> come and support us, and I see you, everyone out there. Fantastic. And also, you've got your own academy here. You're, you, you, I take yes. it you'd love some young girls to come and sign up and yes. Uh, play also, football. I have my MJR football skills. Yep. Um, I do one-on-one training. Uh, group trainings. Um, have the I have the academy. Yep. So if anyone needs some, I also mentor players. Right. So contact me um, on Instagram, Facebook. My website is mariajoserojas.com. Mm-hmm. So anyone who is uh, yeah interested to train with me, I'm very happy to not just support but provide my experience and um, a little bit of skills. Fantastic. Nice to meet you. Lovely to meet Thank you. you so much. And uh, <laughs> I hope you can join us again. Maria, Maria Jose <laughs> Rocas, our special guest. Val Miliaccio will do it all again next week on The Real Football Show. It's been brilliant. Triple M's The Real Football Show catch-up. Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota, SA's number one Toyota dealer.